Well, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> it is that time again. Time to make fun of the Disney Channel? No. It is time for the Gut Wrench Podcast. Welcome to the only podcast recommended by 9 out of 10 doctors at least once a month. Okay, well, I could have said at least three times a month, seeing as though that I do a, about four episodes a month. I mean, one every week, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. About one every week. Mm, should be about four episodes a month. So if you're listening to this at least once a month, then um, use the hashtag once a month. Uh, wait, never, never mind, because there's other things that happen once a month. I don't want to know about your menstrual cycle, just so you know. <clears throat> Moving on, last week we talked about The Undertaker, if my memory serves me correctly, or at least I remember talking about The Undertaker, I don't know who it was, who I was talking, and who I was talking to The Undertaker about, and according to my notes, I haven't really taken any notes aside from The Undertaker. Um, we talked about The Rock, Kurt Angle, The Undertaker, uh, Near Fall, Heavy, uh, 5 out of 5 stars, uh, Beauty of a Contest, had me uh, taking deep breaths, was excited and funny at times the funniest part of course was the beginning the main beginning of the match wherever the rock and the undertaker are staring each other down and kurt angle for whatever reason poor kurt angle i swear because it almost seemed like angle was a third wheel in this match because he was he was seeing the rock and undertaker staring each other down and um, the only thing that he could be like, he, he was looking at the both of them staring each other down. And then he said, hey, I'm in this match, too. <laughs> He's like, why are you paying attention to my opponent? You should be paying attention to me, the Olympic gold medalist, the man who's going to break your ankle. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. But speaking on the subject of evolution. Who said evolution? I did. You know, just just go with it. I, I was trying to... I was trying to... Go gingerly into my next... I'm not good at this whole... Okay. I'm not good at this whole... Um, gingerly going at from and changing subjects you know like i've been in the break room at the walmart and i've been sometimes i would be talking to someone we'll be having a regular conversation and then all of a sudden for whatever reason i'm so bad at this by the way but for whatever reason i talk to someone about um the things that I watch on YouTube which are basically grown ass men who come to meet 13 or 14 year olds 
off of the internet thinking that they're not going to do anything sexual. I'm not putting sexual in air quotes because once they get there and then they figure out that it's not a 13-year-old that they're meeting. Rather, it's a grown man with a fucking camera looking to shame them and ask them questions. Then they're like, oh man, I thought that this was fake. Oh, I thought that she was a bot. Uh, I just came over here to grab some toothpaste. That's all that I came for. Yeah, but what about the messages? What about what you said that you want to do to her feet? Oh, what did I say I wanted to do to her feet? That's nasty. I don't do things to feet. Like, I was thinking about taking pictures of her in her lingerie. You know, like I'm the worst at that. We'll just be having a regular conversation in the break room. And then all of a sudden, I guess my mind just goes, ding, ding. Time to bring up that video you watched on YouTube two days ago. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Hansen. Would you like to have a seat? <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway. Evolution. Back to what I was talking about. Evolution. Now, if you're a wrestling fan, you're obviously sitting there thinking, oh, okay, Evolution, he's, he's obviously going to be talking about Triple H and Batista and, and Ric Flair, the most iconic group in wrestling history, right? The, damn it, what's the name of that group? With Sammy Davis Jr. and um, the Rat Pack, I guess they were called. Sammy Davis Jr. and... Um, uh, I want to say Frank Sinatra. I'm not. I'm not sure who. I'm not sure who. Ever, who else would be in that in the rat in the Rat Pack? But it's kind of the Rat Pack of professional wrestling, if you think about it in that way. And that's not what I'm here to talk about. To start this episode off, also, e even though I'm going all over the place here, and I can't touch base with one subject, let alone another one. I would like to send my condolences. <clears throat> I would like to send my condolences to a certain someone who passed away this week. Matter of fact, he passed away yesterday. If you're listening to this on the 20 on the 23rd, he passed away on the 21st. And he killed himself. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure by what means that he used to kill himself, but I was told that he committed suicide, and I would like to send my condolences to the family and the extended family of the person that I will be mentioning now by name. Kevin Carver. Um, it's. I'm very sorry to hear about the loss. Understand that this was someone's son. This was someone's. I mean, he had one child and then he had one child on the way. Um, and I went to high school with this guy. 
I went to middle school, actually. I don't know if I went to high school with him. If I did, then I don't necessarily remember because I don't remember um, graduating with him. So, <clears throat> but I do remember going to vocay with him. Vocational activities that we had the same class together. But... I, I don't know how to end this conversation, but anyway, um, the show must go on. Regardless, the show must go on. I'm the star of the show. Hello, everyone. My name is Mocha. And before we get into today's activities and episodes, as I stated before, evolution. What do I mean by evolution, though? It's very, very simple. I'm going to give you an example. And all week, all week I've been trying to think of other examples. And and I was thinking to myself, and this is not on my notes, by the way. I was thinking to myself that I could come up with one or two, maybe three or four uh, good, um, and just so you're fun, just so you're, um, on the same page as me, we're going to be poking fun at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn today before the show begins, simply because that's become a regular activity here on the Gut Wrench Podcast, and not only that, but also, it, it's so easy to do, and to just sit there and then bam, 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 you know, just almost like I'm, I'm fucking bam, bam from the Flintstones, you know, just bam, 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 right on Kevin Owens' titties, you know, I can make fun of him all day. Let's take a look at evolution done correctly, and if you do certain character evolution correctly, not only could it grow your character, it could grow your your sales pitches, your merchandising, it could grow your your whole entire your whole entire empire, so to speak. So today we're going to be looking at two examples of evolution. One, in Roman Reigns, who, by the way, is pretty much the number one wrestler in the world now. But he wasn't before. And one, in Alexa Bliss. Let's take a look at Bliss first. This is going to be the easiest to explain. Now, early in her career, she came out dressed up in a tutu, and she used to come out with this um, music that was like just uh, sounded like maybe some techno with maybe some. It, it had a good rhythm to it, and it had a good beat. It's hard to really tell what exactly she was going for. Like, no structure. Good rhythm, good beat, no structure. Let's put it that way. And I'm examining every part of her, just so you know. Down to the theme song, what she came out wearing, how she acted, and here's how she acted, basically. Just... Roll with it. 
Hi everyone, I'm Alexa Bliss and um, I'm here to make sure you all have a great day and make sure that you sparkle and shine. And while you're sparkling and shining, y you can, you know, like in a prior interview that I had before the podcast actually started, officially started rather, I had talked to someone about evolution of professional wrestling and weeks before I actually launched the podcast on October 3rd of 2021 um when talking to him he explained that she is a fairy or at least that she was a fairy I forgot to turn my fucking speaker off man I'm about to lose my mind hopefully that's not in the hopefully you guys did not just hear that turn off, that Bluetooth speaker turn off um, in the cut that I'm going to be uploading. But if you did, it's fine. It's just a little noise that duh, 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 almost like all that it makes. It's to let me know that it's turned off because I'm, I didn't use it within like four minutes or something. Anyway, had that been the case, Alexa Bliss used to come out and for all intents and purposes, I guess I'll use his description. She was a fairy. And this character, I grew to like because I liked how girly she was. I really did. She was like a Powerpuff Girl. But not in the, you know, mighty way, rather like Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. Because Bubbles was always, you know, like, she, Alexa even had the voice of Bubbles. And the pigtails, because she would always come out with the pigtails. And I guess eventually she did this turn and I'm not sure whether it happened gradually or whether it happened almost like overnight the point is that I remember seeing this new fiery Alexa Bliss and she made she made a difference in the tag team of one Buddy Murphy and Blake Williams no, I want to say Blake Williams, but they they were called Buddy and Murphy and Blake. That's what they were what they were called. Um, as much as that sounds like you know a male stripper tag team, Blake and Murphy would always come out, and they had this almost like theme song that was remixed from Alexa's first theme song and whenever they would come out it was almost like Alexa was the one who had everyone's attention right from the get-go because even at their entrance ramp they would pick her up and then put her on Blake's shoulder and then put her like Blake's left shoulder and Murphy's right shoulder and then they would walk, like, take three steps and then take her off of their shoulder because that's 
that's probably not safe. You know, they don't want her breaking her neck. And then hold her hand. Like both of them holding her hand. And then she would do all the talking for them. Despite the fact that beforehand she would talk like, you know, she was an elementary school teacher. Let's put it that way. That's how she would speak. Like she was an elementary school teacher and she didn't want to hurt the kids' feelings, any of the kids' feelings. And she would be like, well, little Bobby, I just need you to sparkle and shine. That's what you need to do today. You know, despite the fact she would come out with this red, these red tips on her, uh, on her pigtails. And she almost had like this Freddy Krueger cosplay and she was promoting it on Twitter. And then years later, you would see her go from Freddy Krueger to Jinx and from Jinx to, um, freaking Harley Quinn and from Harley Quinn to, I, I could be wrong, but I think that she did a lollipop chainsaw, um, cosplay. Alexa Bliss evolved her character through the times using all of these, all of these characters, if, if you will, to find a style or find a, um, a medium to transport her own character through. It's hard to explain, really, I guess, seeing as though that I thought that I had the words for it. I really did thought that, you know, in my head, this sounded a lot better, but I guess I could go on to the next example of evolution. Alexa was able to evolve because Alexa had all the tools to evolve. Had she would have just stayed the fairy, she wouldn't have got nowhere. Because you can only take that so far. It's honestly where I'm going to be talking about Roman. It worries me. Because Roman's taken his tribal chief gimmick so far. But it can only go so far from here. Him and the bloodline can only go so far. They can't. There's a peak. At the peak of that mountain. Eventually you're going to fall. Because you can go nowhere but up. But once you're up. Can go nowhere but down. But Roman, let's maybe I'll have an easier, an easier target with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns started his career Survivor Series, much like uh, his cousin, much like everybody um, who's ever had a decent, like, if I remember correctly, it was a match between um, CM Punk and either Ryback or. The Rock. Because at the time, 
It had to be it had to have been the rock because Ryback wouldn't come until hell in a cell. Okay, so CM Punk versus The Rock. Now, everyone kept asking the same question. How is CM Punk going to beat The Rock? How is CM Punk going to defend his WWE championship and get through The Rock? And they were cutting great promos together. They were back and forth, back and, you know, just honestly on point, on point about that, on point about this. They kept looking each other in the eyes and practically selling the fact that they were going to wrestle a wrestling match between each other. And what happens once we get to that point? I'm not really sure how it happened, but all I remember seeing the highlights for, because I never really watched the match myself, but all I remember seeing the highlights for was CM Punk throw the rock out of the ring, or uh, put him on the announce table. And then you see these three men come up and they're wearing like these bulletproof vests. They look very tactical. They look like that they're going to um, maybe throw tear gas at the entire crowd and then say, get down, he's got a gun, or something of that nature. Like they play a role that would be outside of the wrestling and it would be inside of somewhere like shooting range or something of that nature, you know, like they look like that they're a team of three people who are looking for a terrorist in that building. And I wasn't expecting to see Three men who had changed the wrestling world for the better. But that's what we got. Enter the shield. The shield of justice. And in the shield, you had three individuals. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins... And the man we will be talking about today a little bit, because I still got a whole entire, um, I won't say pay-per-view. There is no pay-per-view today. It's more or less just two episodes of Monday Night Raw. But I promise you, it's golden. It's worth it, okay? We might go over the hour mark, but it's worth it. I've got 36 minutes to play around with, so it doesn't bother me that I'm going over the hour mark. Nonetheless, what I mean to say is Roman Reigns. He started off as the powerhouse of the shield. And rightfully so, he was the biggest man in the shield. He was like, I don't know, 270 pounds, maybe 265 on a good day. Now, later on, he would somehow defect from being the powerhouse of the S.H.I.E.L.D. and becoming the juggernaut Roman Reigns. And even on a, um, I have a mobile game that has him on there two or three, four or five times. 
There's the Juggernaut Roman Reigns. The Shield Roman Reigns. There's um, the third one that I remember seeing, which is a unit that I don't have, but it's like a five-star unit. It's the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. But the difference between all three of these units doesn't have anything to do with his moves. It's more or less how he presents himself and his attitude and how he carries himself. Alexa did the same thing, if you think about it, because the way that she carried herself stopped. She stopped coming out to the ring and blowing glitter and and um, skipping whenever, you know, like she would do this thing wherever she would skip and, you know, she would wave hi to the fans and, you know, there's a lot of color in her eyes and she would smile a lot. Well, she stopped doing all of that whenever Fairy, put that in air quotes, Alexa went away and the Freddy Krueger Lex Alexa sort of came in for whatever reason. And honestly, it did a great job with her character and her character model. It seemed that she became a lot more confident and still Instead of calling herself Five Feet of Fury like she used to, she would just not call herself that at all. And commentary wouldn't call her that at all. Like she didn't need all these silly nicknames now that she had already established that she was scary. But anyway, back to Roman. So... About the only thing that changed was the way that he carried himself. His move sets didn't change for Jack did Oh, except for maybe one thing. Okay, okay. So, I guess he did get one or two new submissions. Because they were like, hey, you, you just can't be coming out here doing the oh, Superman punch. Superman punch. Well, spear! Spear! Fear the spear! One, two, three. Okay, wins. He wins. LOL. Roman Reigns wins. And then there was that whole debacle with John Cena saying the only reason that he's here is because Roman Reigns can't do his job and replace him. Because apparently, according to the internet, Roman Reigns was supposed to replace John Cena as the top guy. But the only reason that John Cena was there whenever Roman Reigns was, but John Cena was moving into making movies and what have you. Apparently, the only reason that John Cena was still there, rather, I shouldn't say there, should say, using air quotes, still there, is because Roman Reigns couldn't cut a promo for shit. And in 2015, everybody, and... I'm going to exclude myself here because I liked Roman. Really, I did. And I didn't understand this. And it's something that I wanted to talk about before the show began. <clears throat> Why didn't you guys like Roman? You literally had no reason to not like this man, but yet you continued to boo him. And I swear, I know why. But please 
elaborate a little bit further. Because you, the wrestling fans, were out there practically chanting for someone who the only thing that he did was wave his arms up and down and say, yes. You want to know who he stole that from? He stole that from a member from an MMA fighter known as Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez used to do the yes chants and Daniel Bryan stole those from him. I am so fucking glad that Bryan finally left WWE and went to AEW and now he says that the yes movement or the yes chants are dead. That's why I say that one third of my mission is complete. Roman Reigns' evolution, that was just icing on the cake. The fact that all of you thought, well, I should say most of you, most of you thought that Daniel was actually going to win come WrestleMania of that year was laughable because Brian said himself he wanted to be a stay-at-home dad. I've already explained this in one other video that I've done one other video okay well i've already explained this in a video that i've done on the matter and i even made like some notes i i could pull those out but you know what i'll do it next week because i know where those notes are and if i don't then i'll if i can't find them then i'll have to listen to myself explain it again and then i guess just write down the end result but those notes should be right where my taxes are. Because that video was supposed to make me money. But anyway. Hello everyone. My name is Mocha. And now, on to the show. I think I've just proven my point 30 minutes in, right? Because, let's see. Well, I really didn't make fun of Kevin Owens, did I? Well, Kevin Owens, the point of that 30-minute rant, holy shit, 30 minutes, <laughs> the point of that 30-minute rant was practically just to say, Kevin Owens has no evolution. He did the whole, um, so Kevin Owens, throughout his career, has had three characters, and even, he, he has different character incarnations in that game that I mentioned. Um, he's got the face of America, Kevin Owens, which is a four-star unit, which is dog shit, because nowhere, and I mean nowhere, has that man ever been four out of, four stars out of any stars. Holy crap, I'm sorry, I'm not losing my voice. I'm about to throw up thinking about the fact that Kevin Owens is a four-star unit in anything. And then you got KO, who is a well, he can be a one, a two, or a three-star unit, which is dog shit because he's zero stars at best. On his best day, he couldn't out-wrestle my toenail. <clears throat> anyway, had that been the case, the... Yeah, his uh, new face of America, and then there's the... K KO unit, which is, I guess, just ordinary Kevin Owens without the new face of America. And in case you don't understand the irony in him being the new face of America, it was the fact that he had won the United States 
championship. I'm sorry, I was about to throw up just thinking about that, let alone having to say it. It was the fact that he won the United States title, though, and <clears throat> and um, in doing so, he ripped off a segment from the president-elect. He ripped off a small part of his speech where he, the president-elect had said he's going to be, quote, the new face of America, which is funny sort of I guess I'm missing the point here Kevin Owens has no evolution he has no he hasn't grown as a character and he's inconsistent with not only his promos but also his um really he's inconsistent everywhere if you think about it his haircuts in inconsistent the way that he he talks is inconsistent because i can't tell whether or not he's trying to be sarcastic whenever he's talking or whether or not he's trying to be serious is he trying to make me mad is he pissing me you know like come on stop doing that i know that you're canadian but that doesn't mean that you're retarded and i'm not trying to poke fun at all my canadian viewers out there because my analytics show that there's seven percent of you that there's seven percent of canadian viewers now whether or not those are french canadians or whether or not those are actual like just true-blooded canadians and don't worry we're going to get to the canadians here in just a second because Holy crap, if I got a storyline for you that's going to shake the bed. <laughs> Just so that, Okay, we're looking at a Monday Night Raw from 12-29-03. Monday Night Raw. Um, it starts off with, with recapping what happened two weeks ago on Raw. Foley versus Orton. Legend Killer. Now, the reason that I put Legend Killer is because that was Randy Orton's gimmick at the time. But if Mick wins, Eric quits as GM. Eric Bischoff was a tyrant in WWE, or so everyone wants you to think, and that's how they wanted to book it. You know, Eric Bischoff being some tyrant, and, you know, you can't do anything because all the heels got the power and all the baby faces get punished. Um, Eric will quit as GM of Raw. Randy Orton spits in his face. So Randy Orton spits in uh, Mick Foley's face and calls him a coward because Foley doesn't want to wrestle. The way that they promoted it on the uh, hype package for the Monday Night Raw, though, was like showing Foley at the ring entrance after his, um, after his entrance. Entrance music hit, and Foley, for whatever reason, just stopped, and he just looked around, and he looked at Randy Orton, and then he took his shirt off, and then he was like, all right, it's time to go, and then he took one step f forward, and then it's like, for the promo package that they were showing... It showed Randy Orton kicking Foley down a flight of stairs. Randy Orton uh, punting uh, Mick Foley's head through a brick wall. Uh, showed 
Randy Orton, like, shoving... Shoving Foley into, like, uh, all kinds of equipment. And, um, you know, bullying him, or for that matter, I won't say picking on him, but rather beating him in, like, various fights or whatever. And, um, for whatever reason... They were they were showing this, you know, like this, these despicable things that Randy Orton was doing to Mick Foley. <clears throat> and then, well, I, I put here on my notes, talk about making a rivalry personal. I mean, well, how are you going to spit in a man's face? So, who did it better? You remember... The, of course you do. I mean, you're a wrestling fan. Of course you remember it. So I shouldn't even mention it, right? MJF at AEW Revolution 2022. In case you don't know, you don't remember that, just let me take you back to that episode where it says, a callback inside of a callback, another callback. So that episode that I did... Uh, explaining how many callbacks that there are. There was something special that happened on this episode of Monday Night Raw. And I put, who did it better? MJF at AEW Revolution 2022 or Randy Orton 12-29-2003? Because Mick Foley's music hits... And sure enough, who comes out? Randy Orton. And then commentary's just shitting all over him. They're just like, "Oh my God, it's it's Randy Orton. It's the Intercontinental Champion." Uh, would you Would you look at this dog shit that we have to deal with on a weekly basis? That's not his entrance music. What's he doing coming out to it? However. However, AEW Revolution, you heard the and then you thought CM Punk was coming out, but what happened? MJF's music hit, he comes on out, and then commentary doesn't shit all over him. Instead, they're like, well, it was just MJF. What a troublemaker. He's over here coming out to CM Punk's entrance music. He played us all for a fool. We thought that CM Punk was about to come through that curtain. And it was just MJF. So, who did it better? You decide. Randy Orton, Rick Rolling the crowd aside, um, Orton declares himself to be the new hardcore legend. And Booker T shows up on the ramp. Well, that's all that I wrote down. Anyway, a portable CD player ad by JVC. And here's something that I found to be extremely, extremely not so good. Thirteen fucking minutes later, we finally get our first wrestling match. 
the flashback, the the um the whole Randy Orton talking too much. It took way too long. Thirteen minutes later, we finally get our first wrestling match, and it was RVD versus Scott Steiner. And after that, which I give three and a half out of five stars, it was a solid open opener match. Three and a half out of five stars, um, almost a four star match. Christian dumped Jericho for a girl because we get this weird backstage segment with Christian um and Jericho and then they're they're both like talking to each other like you've changed man you've changed you let a girl change you how dare you let a woman change you you should never let a woman change you you should always change yourself in your own house behind closed doors never let a woman change your underwear you know like we're getting the whole Bros, bro code, bros first. Don't you dare let a woman change you. But anyway, after that, they mention on commentary, because they're in San Antonio, that the NBA Spurs have won 13 consecutive games in a row. Holy crap. You mean to tell me that they, this was in 2003. Who in the fuck was in their roster in 2003 that could possibly garner them? Because I don't, I don't even think that I've heard of the San, San Antonio Spurs going some something like 13 games in a row. What kind of fuckery? What kind of wizardry? What kind of, what are they smoking? To win 13 games in a row. Or is the NBA like the... If it had it been up to me, I'd name it the NRA, the National Rigged Association. Because that sounds rigged as fuck. That sounds like that they've been paying people, paying people off so that they could just win games. Because there's no fucking way. In a one-on-one situation where... You know, the odds would be extremely against you to win 13 games in a row. Who the fuck was on their 03 roster? Anyway, we get a tribute to the troops, and then we get an ad for the Dudley Boys' original song. So the entire time, they're they're showing... Like, whenever they're showing wrestling, and then they're going back and showing what happened the week before, and then they'll show some commercial. Some commercial, when I pay for um, Peacock Plus so that I don't see commercials. But you see what the problem is, is that they're showing product commercials, product placement, so that in case I was to particularly see something that I liked in 2009 that I maybe wanted to go pick up, they'll ship it right to me for whatever reason. You know, let's say that I was to see a product that was sold in 2003 that I'm like, okay, I'll go buy that. You know, that's what the 
ads are for. But anyway, it shows Bubba Ray and Devon, and for whatever reason, they're singing a song, and it shows, uh, pick up WWE Originals today, and then it shows, like, a cutaway to it, and then it's like, oh, everybody's singing their own theme song now, and it's a CD collection for WWE superstars who write their own theme songs. <clears throat> anyway, special ref Ric Flair, Team 3D, that's Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley versus Jobbers, Eddie Carvin or Craven versus Russell or Russie Simpson or Samson. I couldn't quite hear their name, even though it was. They maybe said their names twice. You know, that's it. They're jobbers. Who cares? They're not supposed to win, or maybe they couldn't find a team, so they had to pick these guys out of a crowd last minute. You know, who knows? Okay, so how did we get to this point? Tag Team Turmoil match that happened um, at their last pay-per-view Survivor Series. What happened was after after the champions 3D the um Dudley boys Devon and Bubba Ray Dudley ended up defending their titles successfully in a tag team turmoil match and it would take way too long to explain what that is it's basically a gauntlet um where every time you eliminate a team, a new team shows up. But in this tag team turmoil match, um, Eric Bischoff comes out last minute, who was the acting general manager at the time, and he decided that it was a good idea to go ahead and throw a last minute team toward the Team 3D. And what ended up happening was it was Evolution. So Evolution ended up winning the team of Ric Flair and Batista. Okay, so Ric Flair and Batista are the new tag team champions. Ric Flair, however, is the acting referee, last minute added referee to this match. Isn't that a conflict of interest? If you're following along, it is a conflict of interest. Anyway, it I made a note here to bring up Backlash 2001. That's also an episode that we've had. Not only was AEW's episode an episode that we've had, where I talked about Revolution 2022... But also, so is this one, Backlash 2001, where Ric Flair was Ric Flair was the special guest referee to a match that seen Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker face off one-on-one. -on -one. And if you'll remember, Flair ended up screwing Austin out of the championship opportunity 
because the winner of that match was supposed to go on to um, a championship match. So in other words, it was a number one contenders match. Austin felt like he got screwed out of, but Flair would come full circle. He would go to the ring the very next week, and then he would explain to Austin and the entire world that he's sorry and that he didn't see Austin's foot on the rope. And he even had video camera footage that he didn't see Austin's foot on the rope. The point, or not the point, but the... Austin took it like he was getting screwed because he stunned Ric Flair two weeks earlier. Austin basically laid down all of his cards down on the table and then he comes out and then he ends up saying, so you mean to tell me that since I stunned you, you're going to fuck me over. Now you already fined me $5,000. He said, I forget how much that the fine was. It was like 25,000 or something like that, but it's not the point. I was, I wrote down a note to bring up backlash 2001 for the simple fact that Bubba Ray Dudley hits one of these jobbers, I forget which one, it's not important at this point, hits one of those jobbers with a closed fist. And you know what happens? He gets disqualified. That's an even worse ref job than what he did whenever it was Backlash 2001 and he screwed Austin over unintentionally. Because this time, he's screwing over Team 3D intentionally. He's just disqualifying them for using a closed fist. Because apparently, and I didn't know this, that's not allowed. I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen a closed fist be used and just, they just let it slide. They just, and throughout the entire night here, and the next episode that we'll look at, uh, which is the next week's Monday Night Raw, throughout the entire night, nobody disqualifies anybody else because of a closed fist. That's the stupidest disqualification that I've ever fucking heard of. Nonetheless, the next match shows us an IC title match. Intercontinental Championship was on the line whenever Randy Orton faced off against Booker T. And that match ended in a disqualification. Sorry. That match ended with Randy Orton retaining his title and getting the hell out of Dodge because Kane was coming to the ring. Kane came to the ring. He basically beat up Booker T. And I gave it three out of five stars not the beat down of booker t but rather the uh match between randy orton and booker t <clears throat> trish i was i was worth like 75 75 cents to you so it would take way too long for me to sit here and explain this but Trish Stratus and Chris Jericho um, and Christian and Lita had this thing going. 
as I told you before, Chris Jericho and Christian were like bros. And Christian dumped Jericho for a girl. And then I put a question mark there. It was basically like Christian seen it as though that Jericho turned his back on him for a girl. You know, like you don't do that. You don't. You changed, man. You changed. Get get out of my face. I thought that we were bros. So basically, what had happened was... Christian felt betrayed by Jericho. And Jericho caught feelings for Trish Stratus. And whatever he did... Trish overheard a conversation where Jericho and Christian just fooling around. For whatever reason, you know, guys will be guys. And I don't want to make this excuse like, you know, hey, you know, sorry that I I raped you, you know. But, you know, boys will be boys. That's not what I'm trying to say. But. It's going to come out that way some somehow. What I mean to say is that it's incredibly hard for me to explain, but in a nutshell, just to summarize what happened, Christian and Chris Jericho were talking, basically, and he was like, dude, I bet you I could totally sleep with her for I bet you one Canadian dollar that I could sleep with her before you can sleep with your girl and then he's like no 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 okay I'll take that bet and as soon as he says okay I'll take that bet that's all that that's all that Tristratus heard right Whenever Trish heard that, she left. And they were shaking hands and they were just like, you know, being nutty about it or whatever. And I never really understood that. And the camera cuts away from it. That's about it. You know, they don't mention it again, except for they keep mentioning it. You know, like... (laughs) And in 2003, apparently a Canadian dollar was worth 75 cents USD. Because Trish Stratus literally says, I was worth like 75 cents American to you, Trish, Chris. And then Jericho's trying to dig himself out of the doghouse. And then he's, he's like, listen, Trish, it's not like that. You know, I didn't mean it like that. You know, then how did you mean it, Chris? You broke my heart. It's a whole drama filled love story. And next thing you know, the commercial yeah, okay, so in P- on Peacock, they don't actually go to commercial unless you don't have Peacock Plus like me. But they don't actually go to commercial. Instead, the f- fucking screen goes black for like four seconds and then it comes back. 
And then after it comes back, you're to assume that they've gone to a commercial. Whenever they come back from a commercial, however, these three ladies are already in the ring. And I put this down on my notes because it's one of the most frustrating things that I've ever had to deal with is the fact that I know that it's a male-dominated sport. But holy shit, the women coming out during the commercial break, and it's almost like they put the ugly ones to come out during the commercial break. The ugly ones, once again, I'm putting that in air quotes, Jackie, Victoria, I spelled Victoria's name wrong, holy shit, Molly, and then you hear this. She's got legs, and she knows how to use them. On commentary, Michael Cole, no. Jerry, no, not Jerry Lawler either. JR, who I wouldn't expect to hear this from, says, and she's going to use those legs next week whenever we're in Memphis, Tennessee. What the fuck does that mean? She's going to use those legs next week when we're in Memphis, Tennessee. What's she going to use them for? Please tell me. Please tell me, JR. Because that's the most vague statement that I've ever heard in my entire life. For someone to say that about a woman. Mmm. Like I said, I know that it's a touchy, touchy subject. I know that it's like a male-dominated sport, but you don't have to constantly remind us, ooh, she's a woman, she's got titties, and, and she's got legs, and they're really long, and they don't, they're not hairy, and she's a woman, and admire her beauty. You fucking people, man. Women are more than just objects for your fucking pleasure, okay? Don't treat them like they're nothing more than eye candy. This is, was in 2003. Okay? 2003. Holy fucking shit. Anyway, despite my aggressive... Just... Just despite my aggressive behavior toward sexism... This match, I thought that they were just going to make it like, um, you know, oh, look, you, you get to see upper panties. Oh, look, she's wearing stockings. Oh, look, ass cream and, and tampons. And, and I thought that they were just going to, you know, keep putting like sexism over and over and over again in my face, but they didn't. Matter of fact, this was a decent match, um, aside from the fact that Victoria, for whatever reason, she she turned on Miss Jackie because one of the crowd members, I don't even know why she did it. Even commentary was like baffled as to why she did it, but Victoria gets down off of the apron and then she literally starts beating the hell out of her own tag team partner, Jackie. And a week later, which we're going to look at the week after this match, the week after this contest, rather, um, the week after, they never really explain it either. Maybe I would have to watch like two or three weeks down the line, but it looks like that they're just going to like 
the Royal Rumble. And by the end of this, this isn't going to make any sense, but I just couldn't figure out why Victoria would jump onto Jackie over absolutely nothing, you know? Like, unless it was going to be a story, building toward that, it made no sense. But this was a fairly decent match for whatever reason, though. I feel as though that back then the women just didn't get any respect whatsoever. Uh, It was called a Happy Holidays match, despite the fact that it was a six-woman tag team match. Got it three out of five stars, and I spent way too much time fucking talking about it. Our next contest was for the World Heavyweight Championship. Sorry, I thought I heard someone coming up my fucking steps on my front porch. And Triple H, the champion, versus Shawn Michaels, the challenger. This was honestly good storytelling, and it would lead up to their next pay-per-view, which would be the Royal Rumble of 2004 where these two would face off against each other in a last man standing environment Triple H had not but two weeks ago faced off against another opponent for let me think let me think I, I know that they talked about it I know that they talked about it they talked about it maybe once And then that was about it. But anyway, it gets more golden from here. It gets a lot more golden from here. So the match that ended this on this night, it ended in a draw. In the event of a draw, and I already knew this thanks to Brian versus um Adam Page, but in the event of a draw or a no contest or a time limit um, extension, in the event of a tie, the champion remains the champion unless there is a decisive decision. Unless there is a decisive winner. The champion keeps the belt under any other circumstances. Now, the controversial part comes whenever the referee, Eric Bischoff, counts one, two, three. The next thing you hear is Shawn Michaels' entrance music playing as though that Shawn Michaels had won the match. And then Eric grabs the title, and then he says something along the lines of, here's your winner, and still, world heavyweight champion, Triple H. Everyone was under the impression that Shawn Michaels had won, simply for the fact that Shawn Michaels was laying on top of Triple H. What they didn't account for was the fact that both Shawn Michaels and Triple H shoulders were down at the end of that three count and that constitutes a draw a tie and not a decisive winner raw opens up with eric bischoff um 
giving a recap of Monday. It's almost like he's in his office and then he's just pacing backwards and forwards and he's pacing backwards and forwards. And you can literally see that he's pacing with the movement of the camera and the coach is there. Jonathan Coachman, who has to be the most obnoxious person to deal with, but of course he's sucking up to the boss. Also, on the last episode, before I get to this one, they kept talking about how there was like, and I didn't write it down, but they kept talking about how there was like a, oh, there needs to be a decision. What's going to happen with with um Steve Austin? Um, We're going to find out. By the end of this episode, though, uh, Austin comes back. And he is the sheriff of Monday Night Raw. That's going to come into play here in just a minute. But Austin is a is the rather sheriff of Monday Night Raw. Um, like I said, this episode might go over an hour. I do apologize. Just take me a few more minutes to wrap it all up in a little tiny bow. Thank you all so much for your patience. Uh, Raw opens up, though, with Eric Bischoff giving a recap, and I was like, huh? Now, last week, whenever we seen... Also, last week, they kept bringing this up, too. Over a million people signed a petition to have Steve Austin come back to Monday Night Raw in some capacity. Keep that in mind. Over a million people, the WWE universe, their voices were heard in one capacity or another. They sent over 500,000 text messages. They wrote letters. They apparently sent emails. And they signed a petition that was online. And Mick Foley started the petition to get... To get um, Steve Austin back in Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> now, last week they opened with a what happened two weeks ago, and then it showed like highlights of what happened two le- two weeks ago. They didn't have some jackass in his office pacing up and down, worried about oh, oh Steve Austin's coming back. What am I going to do? I don't know how to deal with Steve Austin. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, what will I do? And trying to ask the corporate suck-up what to do. The point? Well, they should have just used, like, highlights of a promo package. The what happened last week is what I said. Why not show a recap through edits, you know? Through a little edit package. What they do every other time. A Teddy Long is the GM for one night. Okay, so Teddy Long goes to the ring. Teddy Long basically lays it on thick for the audience there over in Tennessee. And he talks about how fucking racist they are. He's like, everybody here's racist. Everybody here from from Knoxville to to Nashville. He's like, from from Greensboro, North Carolina, to 
in upstate New York. You know damn well. Everybody here and everybody over there in New York City, you all a bunch of racists. That's why you never let the black man be in charge. So the whole time that I'm hearing this and I'm laughing my ass off, I'm just like, oh my God, this is golden. Give the black man a chance is basically what Teddy Long had to say. And Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler gets out of his seat. And the last thing that you hear Teddy Long say is something about the mayor being black. So, okay, so he talks about how Memphis is, is racist but there's no way that they could be racist. Who? Me? The the sweet state or the sweet representative of of Memphis, Tennessee. I can't be racist. We voted our mayor to be uh in power and our mayor is black. What? It's like saying I voted for Obama, so I can't be racist. You know, I'm white. And I voted for a black man. What? You know, I never really seen the appeal with racism, but hating someone just because of their nationality or because of where they're from or because of what they look like. That's, that's stupid shit. You know, like I could care less about any of that. It's about the content of someone's heart, not, I shouldn't be, preaching racism right now but nonetheless it it's almost like the sexism thing i'm so fed up with like racism and stuff like i got bigger and better things to worry about teddy long is laying it down thick thick for the white man yeah i already said that uh so randy orton comes in and he rkos jerry lawler and then after that we get Rene Dupree versus Spike Dudley. <clears throat> and I gave it one and a half stars. It wasn't that entertaining. Moving on. Next, we get a tag team match of Christian and Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. By the way, there's like this short little segment these two have. They're like, yeah, who cares about women anyway? Am I right? Who cares if you couldn't sleep with her for a Canadian dollar? He's like, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, we used to be a great tag team. And then they bring up the fact, <clears throat> or the, it's not really a fact. They bring up the time that someone stole their towels um, while they were in the shower. And they literally ran to the arena almost butt naked, right? And he was like, yeah, don't you remember when they stole your ass cream? And then he's like, that wasn't my ass cream. That was your ass cream. And he's like, who cares? It was one of our ass creams. Christian and Chris Jericho. And honestly, if you want to find that, you sh you could look it up on YouTube. It's almost in every compilation that you could find about Chris Jericho. But anyway, Christian and Chris Jericho um, versus Rosie and Hurricane. And I gave it two out of five stars. It was pretty entertaining. It just, that I, I don't know, it was just kind of short. And commentary, God, with the commentary, man. Commentary sucks tonight, because all they want to talk about is, like, 
irrelevant shit. They go on like two or three of these fucking matches and they talk about Oklahoma Sooners or LSU or everything else under the sun other than what's happening in the ring. Focus on your job, you moron. I could do your job blindfolded. I don't even have to see the goddamn match to know what the fuck the wrestler's doing as long as he's calling his fucking match. <sighs> Large exhales. I'm passionate about this shit. It pisses me off that they're talking about the NBA, the NFL, the NFC, the UFC, the HBKs, and the KFCs of everything else that's happening. I've got a fucking match to call, and that's exactly what I'm going to get to doing. Stevie Richards faced off against Test, and I give it one out of five stars because it sucked. There was no redeeming qualities about it. Steve Austin segment. So, <clears throat> this was even more golden. I mean, the segments are what makes the show, at least for these past for this past week, not the past two weeks. I mean, the other one had a five out of five stars. Five out of five stars match. But nonetheless, but nonetheless, what I mean to say, Steve Austin segment where he comes out and then he has an announcement to make. Basically, he's going to announce the fact that Triple H has to face off against Shawn Michaels because Shawn Michaels never got a honest and fair shot. And if he did get an honest and fair shot, it was at that match that we just talked about. The five out of five stars with Triple H being the world heavyweight champion. This was the championship match where Triple H faced off against Shawn Michaels. But as I told you, in a draw... Championship cannot change hands. Steve Austin comes out and he basically lays down the law because Austin is the law. And don't worry, we'll get to that in just a second. He comes out wearing a badge and <clears throat> he comes out and he basically says that he thinks that Shawn Michaels, based on his performance last week, based on Shawn Michaels' performance last week, deserves a, another shot at Triple H. <clears throat> so, Triple H's music hits, and you almost get a shorter rendition version of it instead of hearing time to play the game. All of a sudden, you hear it's my time now, and then Triple H runs to the ring, he pours the water on himself, and he's, he's fuming, I mean, he's pissed off. He gets into the ring, and then he says, all right, all right, listen, Austin, I've already beaten, what do I gotta do in order to ensure that you don't make this match. Because I'm so sick and tired of facing off against Shawn Michaels. I've already beat him. And I shouldn't have to beat him again. What do I got to do to get it through your thick redneck skull. That I am number one at everything that I do. You know he's basically laying it on, laying it on thick for Steve Austin. And he's trying to get Austin to see things his way. He says, well, the way I see it, you, you're going to be able to beat him once. 
So you shouldn't have a problem with beating him again. And here's where Triple H gets a little bit petty. Triple H, before we get to the serious conversation that he had with Austin, comes out and he basically makes fun of Steve Austin in the worst fucking way. So he comes out and then he says, hey, I know, I know who you are. He's like, you're deputy, but you're deputy dog, ain't you? And then he goes, wait a minute. He notices that there's a, a badge on Austin's shirt. And it's literally like one of those badges that you would get if you was to buy like a sheriff's play set, you know? Like for $10 at the dollar store. And it comes with like one of those little toy miniature guns. But anyway, Triple H just says, I know who you are. You're Barney Fife. You're Deputy Dog. And then he he says, no, wait, I got one better. Roscoe Pico Train. He comes out and then he he basically says, oh, I know what you're going to do next week. Next week you're going to come out here with a dog with big ears. He's going to be named Flash. He's just, he's, he's honestly being the most entertaining that he can be. But Steve Austin doesn't crack a smile. He even he even gives him the microphone and then he says, What do you say you do it one time for me? Do that dastardly laugh that you usually do. You know how it goes. He goes <laughs> You know that that laugh that Roscoe Pico train would do? He was trying to get Austin to do that. But instead Steve Austin gave him the middle finger. It was hilarious because you could hear like the crowd, like they were, they were on their feet for that. And these two looking each other in the eyes, it really brought you back to that whole demeanor of professional wrestling and what it meant, you know, back in that time. (coughs) But basically he lays it on thick for Triple H and then he tells him how it's going to be. The way he sees it, he's going to face off against Shawn Michaels at the next pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble. Then we get a women's match, and Teddy Long, once again, I don't know why everything has to be about black and white. For whatever fucking reason, though, Teddy Long comes out, or he shows up on the monitor. So earlier in the, on in the night, I guess what I forgot to mention was during the Stephen Richards versus Test match, Stephen Richards has a girlfriend. Her name is Victoria. Victoria was scheduled to face off against Molly Holly, who is the woman's champion. And it was supposed to be a championship match. Only problem with that is Test is a sore loser, and he decided to murder, for lack of a better word, he decided to um, take his size 17 boot and stick it right in the face of Victoria, rendering her unconscious. So, had that been the case, we have an impromptu match that is a non-title match, which I put woman's championship match and then I had to cross it out, putting non-title beside of it. 
Molly Holly versus Trish Stratus. I give it three out of five stars. No title match, but they're okay. So Teddy Long said there will not be a title match, but you will go one-on-one with another white girl tonight. Holla, 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 player. And then they show a WrestleMania recap that shows Pete Rose getting tombstoned at WrestleMania 14. I don't know why. And, quite frankly, I wouldn't bother to ask either. Nonetheless, the next match that we see is Rob Van Dam versus Mark Henry, and I give it two out of five stars. Um, The funniest part of this match was when Mark Henry comes out with Teddy Long and about four and a half minutes into the match, um, Mark Henry grabs a chair and he starts beating up RVD and upon beating up said Rob Van Dam... What ends up happening is a disqualification finish, but it wasn't the finish because Teddy Long is in charge tonight. In case you forgot, Teddy Long grabs a microphone and then he says, listen here, you white girl, in case you forgot how things work around here, I'm in charge. And Teddy Long lays it down thick once again for the white man and lets that referee know, hey, cracker, if you ain't going to ring that bell, Perhaps I'll ring it for you and you'll be out of a job. Anyway, despite the fact that the referee's white, has nothing to do with the match, nothing to do with the competition, nothing to do with anything else that's relevant. Despite any of that, RVD ends up winning. And the funniest part that I was about to say of this entire match was the fact that whenever Teddy Long was running his mouth, he forgot about one person. Enter Steve Austin. Austin's music plays. The next thing you know, you see this bald redneck just running amok down to the ring, but he's not actually running. You see, he's on an ATV. He's on a fucking four-wheeler, and he's doing laps around the ring chasing Teddy Long. He's chasing this man on a four-wheeler. <laughs> Literally, Austin doesn't give any fucks. He's he's throttling that four-wheeler, and he goes, baby, about maybe about two or three laps. He goes at least one revolution around that wrestling ring, and then after that, they fucking book it to the outside. And then halfway through the match, what do you know? One, two, three. Oh, RVD wins. Two out of five uh, stars for me. But what happened after was honestly golden. Teddy Long was on his knees for the white man. Because Steve Austin, Steve Austin in the ring, basically making Teddy Long sweat a little bit. And Teddy Long was like, oh, I'm sorry, playa. Really, I'm sorry, playa. I didn't mean everything I said about the racist white man. Please, I'm sorry, playa. <laughs> and he gets stunned for his troubles. It's hilarious, man. Okay, so after we see that, 
we see Chris Jericho and his antics once again up to no good. So he knocks on Trish Stratus's door, her locker room door. You can basically see that the name says Trish Stratus. And then he says, Trish, I know that you can hear me. Okay, Trish, I'm coming in. He comes in. And then after that, he he comes into Trish Stratus's dressing room. And after that, he he says, okay, Trish, I get it. You're in the shower and you can hear running water. You're going to assume that it's Trish Stratus that's in the shower. And he says, and I promise I won't look. And he doesn't. He's a gentleman about it. He doesn't look while she's in the shower. And um, like I said, you're going to assume that it's Trish Stratus in the shower. And wouldn't you know it, the shower water goes off after Jericho's done pouring his heart out. He's like, you know, I just thought that you should know how I truly feel. And that's all that I wanted to say, Trish. And then he just waits for her to get out of the shower. Who he's assuming is Trish Stratus. But spoiler alert, it's not Trish. No, Jericho should have stayed home. Because it's May fucking Young, and wouldn't you know it, he got to see some old lady titties. Okay, okay. And he looks disturbed too, like the actual facial expression on Chris Jericho's face was like, Oh, Bobby, put that thing away. Then we get a tag team championships on the line as Team 3D faces off against Evolution of Flair and Batista. Now this fucking shit right here made no sense whatsoever. They just announced one match. They just fucking announced the one match for the uh, Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Steve Austin comes out to tell Triple H that he's going to face off against the man who he almost got beat by last week, it would make more sense to allow Evolution, Flair, and Batista to lose their tag team titles to Team 3D rather than them winning here, because then it would set up for their pay-per-view match. Unless I'm missing something... Unless I'm missing something here... It would take far too long for me to explain why it would make more sense. Other than the fact that, hey, rematch clause, you know, Team 3D just beat us and we got revenge or rather and Team 3D got revenge from what happened last week whenever Ric Flair fucked us over from being the special guest referee disqualifying Team 3D for using a closed fist on a bunch of jobbers that nobody knows their names. I'm pretty sure one of their names were Russell Simpson. Russell Simpson. Haven't I heard that name before? He's a fucking playboy billionaire somewhere. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me. I practically just used up all my time on this one episode. And it took me that long just because I had to do a fucking 30 minute rant about evolution or a rant about sexism. Anything else under the sun 
or a rant about the NBA Spurs winning 13 games in a goddamn row. Can you believe that? And that was in 2003. They're not even relevant today. Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you've enjoyed this as much as I have because I'm losing my voice and I'm not enjoying it at all. My cats went back in the house and I just can't shut the fuck up. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me. I'll see you next time or you'll see you'll hear from me next time rather. And next time we're going to make fun of Kevin Owens again.